This is Wisconsin Water News, a production of the University of Wisconsin Sea Grant Program. I'm your host, Marie Zwickoff. Today's episode is Scientists Discover That Meteo Tsunamis Can Cause Rip Currents. The storm on Lake Michigan lasted only 15 minutes, but the conditions it put into motion took seven lives. It was the 4th of July, 2003, near Warren Dunes State Park along the Michigan coast. People left the water during the storm, but once it passed and the sun came out several hours later, they thought it was safe to swim. They went back into the water, even though no lifeguards were present, and red flags flew their warning colors over the beaches. In one case, members of a religious group drove 80 miles from Chicago to the beach. Under clear skies, many hit the water immediately. Several men and young boys went out deep, although they stayed within the swimming area buoy markers. They felt the strong current carrying them away from the shore. News accounts at the time called the current a riptide and undertow, but scientists now know it was a rip current. Two boys ages 12 and 15 were in distress, and a group of older men swam out to help them. The men pulled the 12-year-old to shore but were unable to rescue the 15-year-old. Two of the rescuers were pulled away by the current. The young boy survived, but the older boy and two rescuers drowned. On other parts of that Lake Michigan shoreline during the same time span, four other people drowned in separate incidents over the deadly holiday. These incidents came under scrutiny recently by Wisconsin Sea Grant scientists who are studying a storm-induced wave called a meteor tsunami. And this is a, a contraction of the term meteorological tsunami, which means a wave caused by weather. Their results were published on February 14, 2019 in Scientific Reports. The article, Unexpected Rip Currents Induced by a Meteor Tsunami, details findings that the storm formed a moderate height, which is less than 10 centimeters, meteor tsunami, which is what went on to cause the unexpected rip currents. Although these currents may not be rare, this is the first time researchers have verified a meteor tsunami-generated rip current, or meteor rip for short. I had the chance to speak with Chin Wu, a professor of civil and environmental engineering at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, about meteor rips. There's no one in the world that ever talked about it, and this has been validated or verified by the world expert on recurrent. This is a new generation mechanism. Wu explained that rip currents formed by the one-time wave of a meteor tsunami can last for hours afterwards. Beachgoers need to be cautious even after a storm passes. Please do not go back to the beaches because this is the most dangerous time. You might see the water pretty calm, but underneath there is a hidden danger. The research team was headed by Wu's Ph.D. student Alvaro Linares. I wasn't able to speak with him because he recently graduated from UW-Madison and now works for a consulting company in the United Kingdom. But I was able to speak with another member of the team, Eric Anderson, who is a physical oceanographer with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Great Lakes Environmental Research Laboratory. Like I say, it wasn't explained before uh, exactly what happened that day and, and connected you know, all these different swimmers together into one event. Even if people didn't, uh, maybe weren't even aware that a storm had passed, you know, a couple mm-hmm. hours earlier, and decided to go to the beach, things had cleared up, and went into the water, and, and, and this came, uh, caught them off guard. That kind of, of scenario, again, the, the hazard maybe is the same, but that risk level goes up because now people don't perceive it as being a, a dangerous outside. 
when you, when you see clear skies, maybe calm conditions, that kind of stuff, you don't expect dangerous conditions at the shoreline without those other, those other triggers. In this paper, we see how a relatively small wave height translates into dangerous currents, and really that comes through, the, again, the wavelength being so long. So the, the wave may be, may be short, but when it's a kilometer long or so, kind of on that scale, that's a lot of water that comes to the shore and then retreats back over you know, a few minutes. And so when you move that much water that fast, you, you get to dangerous currents. The water pushed by the wave escaped the shore by forming rip current channels. To document the meteor rip formation, Linares performed feats of forensic computing. Through powerful hydrodynamic modeling, he was able to reveal what was happening on the beaches at the time of the 2003 incidents, going from a grid scale of several kilometers down to one meter. He also used eyewitness reports of the events. The National Weather Service, or NWS, currently issues beach hazard statements, which include conditions for rip currents, but not for meteor tsunamis. This journal article has forecasters like Robert Dukescherer, who works for the NWS in Grand Rapids, Michigan, considering how to include this new type of hazard. Because as an operational forecaster in the National Weather Service, my thought is, how can I put this into action with the warning for people ahead of the event? Uh, it's something that will will be an education effort, and then we're we're going to need data in real time to try to be able to forecast these things, you know, while they're they're going on. Megan Dodson, an NWS meteorologist in Northern Indiana, said this study gives us, I guess, the the green light to say, yeah, we're pretty confident this definitely impacts current development, and you know, we should have something maybe issued out, and we'll have to develop some kind of policy to make sure it's consistent from office to office. The 2003 events sparked Dodson's passion for studying rip currents. Both she and Duke Scherer are involved in the Great Lakes Water Safety Consortium, which works to make people aware of rip currents and other beach hazards. She finds the study's results validating. We didn't even think rip currents could happen on the Great Lakes till the late 90s. And it was actually a subject of debate pretty much all the way through the early 2000s. And even after we started doing the forecast, not everybody was totally convinced that it was rip currents. A lot of people were saying it was just waves. So so these kind of studies, especially this one, it's sort of like validation <laughs> because we're like, we knew it. There was something else going on. Wu stresses the need for public education about media rips. It's the most important take-home message to us that I believe that everyone should know about it and everyone should talk to their parents, their people. This is the time that we should pay the greatest attention. Statistics from 2018 attest to the need for education about water safety. With 117 drownings, last summer was the deadliest on record for the Great Lakes, according to the Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project. Anderson thinks public understanding of meteor tsunamis has progressed, but still faces challenges. You know, a lot of times people want to picture the big tsunami wave in like a Hollywood movie, and that's not what these look like. Duke Scherer said many people mistake meteor tsunamis for seiches. A, a seiche is a sloshing in a bathtub that is rhythmic. There's a rise and fall on each end. Uh, with a meteor tsunami, it's, it's literally a wave that's propagating through the fluid. So... If you can visualize a bathtub sloshing back and forth in a rhythmic mode, a meteor tsunami is if you put your hand in it and just rammed it from one side to the other, that, that's a meteor tsunami. 
Other members of the research team included Adam Beckley with Wisconsin Sea Grant and David Kristovich with the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. This project was supported in part by the NOAA Coastal Storms Program, Wisconsin Sea Grant, the Cooperative Institute for Great Lakes Research, the National Science Foundation's Graduate Research Fellowship Program, the Wisconsin Coastal Management Program, NOAA Great Lakes Environmental Research Lab, and the Illinois State Water Survey, University of Illinois. That's it for this episode of Wisconsin Water News, just one of the ways that Wisconsin Sea Grant promotes the sustainable use of Great Lakes resources through research, education, and outreach. Thank you to Chin Wu, Eric Anderson, Robert Duke-Scherer, and Megan Dodson, and thank you for listening.